Hi everyone, welcome back to the Four Bananas podcast. I'm your host, Linda, and today we have three special guests, Andrew, Jeff, and Dom. What the? What are you doing here? <laughs> Alright, so, welcome to another episode of the Four Bananas podcast. This is part two of a two-part series where we discuss the subtle traits of our Asian parents. So last episode, we've talked about the punishments we endured, annoying parent traits that we've experienced, and what they've taught us to save money. Today, we'll try and explore the more wholesome side of our Asian parents, but of course, with a little more roasting. So let's all be honest here. We all know that the traditional Asian parent has no idea how to express love and care verbally. Our parents are definitely not words of affirmation people. I'd say they're acts of service people. So do you guys have any ideas of how they show love for you? So I think for me, like the most typical is just really never really saying I love you. They just kind of cut fruit for you and (laughs) get food for you. But for me personally, the most memorable was back in year one when I'm not sure if anyone had this, but at primary schools, you have something called a fun day where you have like practically a whole day or half a day off. And it's just like a mini carnival, like a school carnival. And I remember my mom was going to visit me. But back in the days, we didn't actually have phone phone numbers or phones as a kid. So I actually forgot where to meet my mom. So practically that whole day, I was just trying to find my mom throughout the whole school. And the thing was like, it was also raining. And my mom was actually trying to find me whilst it was raining. Like, wow. And then when I found her, like, she was actually holding, like, Hungry Jacks, like, like food for me as well. Oh, so, wow. at that point, like, I, I still remember to this day, it actually felt very, very wholesome. And, you know, I think that was one acts of service that showed to me that she definitely cared. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a, it's quite a story, I feel. Mm. Like, the most I've got, aside from cutting fruits, is pretty much cutting fruits, but in a smoothie instead. <laughs> <laughs> But soup, they make, they make soup for you. Nice, like, when it's a cold, rainy day, they make soup to warm you up. Uh, I feel like for me, no, less soups on cold days. Just, they might be thinking, oh, we've had, like, a lot of uh, unhealthy food. Oh, time to make some, like, ginger soup or something. Oh, yeah. It's more, like, situational. I think a lot of things are, they show their love around food. <laughs> they use food to show their affection. Like, I think... Not even for myself, right? My mom would make food for my friends if they come oh, over, yeah. right? Andrew's story reminded me of when I was in kindergarten. Like, I walked um, one day into school and everyone had... It was a dress-up day. And then I, I was wearing my school uniform and I started bawling my eyes because I was, like, left out. Oh. I was like, oh, no, I'm the only one in my school uniform. Like, everyone's dressed up in, like, characters and stuff. So my mom had to walk back home get my dress like a pink dress and then walk back um to and walk back to my primary school and like you know help me get changed so I was in like you know um like a character dress as well so I remember that and then another one um was about my mom as well so I think it was about you 45 I was already in tutoring by then and um the work was long division work and um as I mentioned in uh, the previous episode, is that my parents' highest education was like, you know, early primary school. So my mom was trying to help me out with long division, but I realized that she was struggling. And I was like, at that time, I was like, oh no, it's fine, don't worry, I'll struggle by myself. It's okay, I'll solve it. But now looking back, I realized that my mom probably 
like probably felt bad because like back then I just saw my parents as parents they're like an you know, authoritative figure um, for me but now I see them as like people with like personalities characteristics and traits so then I'm just imagining like you know mama probably felt really bad not being able to help me out um, knowing her limitations Fair enough. That actually does remind me. I remember going similar, going to tutoring. And for some reason, I think my dad thought, or he probably was, but his best skill was apparently trigonometry. So I remember him teaching me the Sokotoa thing and how to like use sine and cos and tan for different questions. And I remember he was quite, he felt quite accomplished that he was the one who pretty much drilled that into me. Um, and after that, I think it was just, He's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I got nothing left. Uh, I think for me, apart from that food or, um, you know, teaching you, for me, it was also them always going out of their way to take us to particular activities and events. So I remember like, during the final years of high school, I always had morning class. So that was like eight o'clock in the morning. And the thing was, um, you had to, I had to like wake up uh, practically like 5 45 in the morning like quite early in the morning and there would be like a two-hour traffic jam just to get to school but dad did it for at least a year and a bit every day every single day and that was definitely a way of him showing that he definitely cared and he would still also make us like lunch and breakfast um so that was that was one way of them showing that they cared but i also did compare with my sister who got driven to school every day since year seven so it's very different so i felt like my sister was treated a bit differently to me like do you think guys and girls are actually treated a bit differently in terms of how parents show their care yes um i think my parents are strict on me so i'm the firstborn and i'm the only daughter as well Mm. um so i feel feel like they're stricter on me i think just generally firstborn you have more roles and responsibilities on you you're basically the parent for future siblings really that's all they trained you up because there's always that saying that the first child always gets the bad experience it's always the child and error with the first child and then later the second third fourth is like oh yeah she'll be right he'll be right like you know they can fend for themselves so yeah i think i get treated a lot differently in particular like i wouldn't be allowed to go to sleepovers like sleeping at other people's like Mm. like like other friends house um just because safety concern Mm mm-hmm Whereas the guys, they don't really care about their safety, right? We just go sleepovers. Yeah. Never agreed <laughs> to do. Never thought about it, right? <laughs> They're just like, yeah, go. Go, just just tell us when you come back home. <laughs> yeah. Never knew it was a restriction until much older. I was like, what? You're not allowed to go sleepovers? <laughs> but, like, so, okay, so it's a safety thing. Like, is it because then maybe the parents don't trust the other parents? It's like... You're only a level two parent. You can't organize a sleepover. That's a level three. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Access pass required. (laughs) I think my parents specifically, they like to think about worst case scenarios. In particular, my mom. My mom likes to think about worst case scenarios or hears other stories. Like She's like, oh yeah, I have a friend and her daughter. And I'm just like, I don't know whether she's making it up or like it's an actual truth. But I need to fact check her sometimes, even to this day. Like, oh. I'm just like, are you just making up stories so you can scare me so I don't do it? But yeah. That's quite interesting. Like, yeah, I don't, I never experienced that. It was just like, you want to go sleep over? Okay, um, where am I taking you? That's it. Yeah. Too many uncertainties. No. 
I guess if, if I throw it out to you three, then if you had a daughter, oh, and then she was like, "Dad, I really want to go to a sleeper," and you don't know the parent as much. You 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 just like know their child, and then you'll be like, "What would you say?" Sleepovers at my house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was what, what I was going to think. Like, flip it over to the other way. Yeah, you can do a sleepover back at our place. No, but that's actually oh. what my parents did. Yeah, oh. whenever they suggested. Yeah, now that I remember. Yeah, like, whenever oh. I want to go, they'll be like, oh, no, why, why don't we can host it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I never took you. it up. Oh, <laughs> no, they never took it up. Oh, hey, your friends never took it up. No, I didn't want it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it seems like our parents can sometimes be bad at communicating when it comes to strong emotions such as care and love. Do you think we're just as, as bad at communicating or do you reckon we've improved because of our upbringing? I think it's more because they grew up in a different environment. So they just have a different way of communicating. I mean, when you think about it, even their sense of humor is kind of different to ours. Like if you think about you, that you showing them a video or a meme, like they would always overanalyze the jokes or they would always ask, oh, is this your friend or is this someone, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, was, it would always be like that. And I think to them, like jokes just don't operate in the way that we see it. And I'm quite sure like when we grow older, our kids will probably show us jokes and we'll probably analyze it like a meme or analyze it like how we analyze it now, but they probably analyze it in a different way. And that's why it's there's, there's a generational sort of communication gap. But have you tried making jokes that they would understand? Like, yeah, I have. And they would laugh. Dad jokes. <laughs> oh, right. So I guess it's jokes that they would understand, mm. but we might not find as funny. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess we chat. <laughs> we we chat memes. You have to share those for them to understand. Yeah, probably. What's a what's a WeChat meme? I, I don't watch it. I, I don't. I didn't look at the WeChat memes because they look lame. So I never play right. the, the videos, right? But they're always sharing it around. Well, well, uh, you can also think of it like in terms of like TikTok trends, right? Yeah. Um, the TikTok trends in America are so different to the TikTok trends that you see in China. Sure. Right? Their, their yeah. sense of humor is just so different to ours. Like even Australian, you know, YouTubers, it's just different culture. They're different ways of laughing points, you could say. Uh, that's, that's almost scary, I feel, because that already shows to me that the generation gap is, 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 make, is becoming wider and wider. Because by the time, you know, if we have kids, they'll be even further away from those trends. And if I can't even relate to TikTok memes, how am I supposed to relate to my kids? <laughs> yeah. We're going to be lame, guys. We're yeah. going to become lame. It's already so surreal. I mean, have you visited Reddit? Um, surreal memes? No. Oh, they don't make sense. Oh. Like, there is no joke about it. It's just extremely... Surreal. Surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's just surreal. It's just a picture that's edited. It doesn't make sense, but it's just funny to them. Oh, yeah, I gotta check this out. Yeah. yeah, you definitely should. There's no joke. I can't explain it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> gotta see it for ourselves. So I think parents are like they do understand memes and jokes uh, for for the ones that are in their native tongue, like if it's in Chinese or those sorts of like Chinese videos, like they will get it. But if it's in English, it's a bit harder, I reckon, and. Yeah, it's just different. The sense of humor is how I see it. Yeah, that reminds me, actually. Um, now that my mom figured out how to use YouTube and broadcast it onto the TV, but during dinner time, she would show me these YouTube videos from this Chinese guy. 
and she'll be like, hey, watch this. This video is really funny. And we just spend like half an hour just watching these videos. He's like, it's so good, right? I'm like, I didn't get it, but it's pretty good. <laughs> I just pretend to laugh while she's really enjoying herself. What, what, what about your brother's reaction? What is his reaction? Yeah, same. Both of us are just pretending to laugh while, while, while she's genuinely laughing. <laughs> Very uh, different sense of humor, I guess. I, I, I know my mom, she sometimes forwards me videos on WhatsApp. And then she tells me, oh, it's a, it's, it's a funny video. You should watch it. And I just watch it. Then I'm like, where's the funny point? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I'm a probably a bit more blunt than you are. I, I don't even laugh. I'm just, where's the funny point? <laughs> Have you all ever gotten lectured after showing a funny video or a funny meme by any chance? Yeah, there's, I think they try to find a lesson to be learned from, from that. <laughs> it's like, don't be stupid like this kid. Yeah, like it, it kind of destroys the whole mood. Like the the aim behind it was just to make them laugh, but then in the end they just kind of oh, end up lecturing you, and you're you just out. like, oh damn it! Like shouldn't like made it worse for myself. Yeah, it was like I wasted all this time. Didn't even get a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so just from discussing just then, it seems like parents do definitely have a generational gap with us, and you can see that they're definitely getting older. And because they're getting older, I feel like there's definitely a lot of different habits that start to form as well for older Asian parents. Uh, have you guys noticed any of these? I think the easiest one that I've noticed is to do with technology, to do especially with phones. So I know my parents, ringtone, maximum volume. Notifications, maximum volume, maximum size. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything is just easily accessible fonts are extremely big it's so <laughs> jarring to look at and and you know the thing when you show them your screen or something or when they look at the screen they squint their eyes mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They squint or push up the glasses and have a, have a closer look yeah they, they angle the phone to you know depending short-sighted or long-sightedness yeah and have you noticed I think my dad's quite good. My mom, but my mom, she's got like a billion apps open. All the <laughs> notifications are there. It's like, you know, you, you'll see a missed call from a week ago, three text messages from three days ago. Just like all this random stuff that you would have just swiped and gotten, gotten rid of it. But it's all there. <laughs> I, I think parents, it's because they don't know how to fully utilize applications, mobile applications in the natural sense that we're used to. In yeah. terms of, for example, swiping away notifications or knowing when diff- different uh, web pages have ads. I know my mom, she would always click into the ads thinking it's an actual information. Uh, like, for example, oh. like different ads about, you know, news, about the latest skin treatment, you know, those sorts of ads that she sees on um, the news articles or news apps. And I'm just telling my mom, I'm like, it's an ad. And she's like, what? It is? And I'm just like, oh it's, it's different. You can see the the, the style ah. is very different. Like she can't differentiate between what's an actual advertisement and what is part of a news and news article. So sometimes I have to tell her which ones are which. So de- I could definitely see that. Like they could, they, they would just end up, you know, playing around with the phone when they could easily utilize it in different ways and a more efficient way. It's kind of dangerous, no? Because she can get scammed this way. Yeah, that's yep. something yep. that my parents are quite wary about. Sometimes they'll ask me to double check. Oh, is this real? Can I can I mm. look at this? Should yeah. I open this link? Um, is this person real? Mm. Yeah. But what you said just then, Andrew, makes me think about, you know, when you sometimes want to download something and you go to a web page and there's like 10 different download buttons, even that's confusing for us. Imagine if your parents looked at that... <laughs> 
they wouldn't know what to do yeah it's it's true like I think applications are just not designed for the older generation, 100%. It's more... It's designed by young people, for young people. Yeah. Like, they might have taken it into consideration for the older generation, but not as much focus. But then we use technology constantly. Like, we saw it start evolve and then, like, how it's going, like, into the future. But my mom's been downloading apps and I'm getting concerned because, like, I'm just like, well, because I think she gets it from ads because, you know, there's ads to download specific apps. So now I'm wary. I have to teach her, like, just basic cyber security um, tips. And in particular, we're posting pictures on Facebook. Like, I'm just telling them, don't post anything that, you know, that might give information of where we live. So I had to take down one of my dad's photos because then if I was a hacker and I went there, I could have easily like, you know, just search up and figure out where our house was on Google Maps. Mm. So, yeah. Well, one thing that I do know is my parents don't have Facebook and I'm actually glad they don't have Facebook. Right. Otherwise, there's going to be so many problems so easily, right? Because there's so many scams and, you know, viruses and all, all that sort of thing that comes through Facebook as a channel. Yeah, I think... Mean- I, I did teach my mom about cyber sec- not even just security, just teaching her the very basics of how the internet works or even just her email, right? I'm like, okay, this email is your address and this password is your key. Don't give your key to anyone, right? You have to keep it for yourself. This email is address. It's just like your home address. You can give it to people. It doesn't matter. It just means they can send letters to you. And she's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> but yeah, you're like, yeah, I think, I guess it's our responsibility now yeah. to teach them, to teach them that kind of stuff. We can't just go, oh, like, you're not very good at it. Be careful. Mm. Like, I, I don't know about your parents, but my parents definitely get irritated when there's random noise coming out of the phone. <laughs> as well like when they for example there might be like applications that have different sorts of noise that do come out and they're just like where's this noise coming from (laughs) like they 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 didn't used to have that tendency but now even when like me and my sister might be playing a youtube video uh, just a little bit louder whilst they're watching tv they're just like oh stop stop playing that that sound that sort of thing like they're just getting a little bit more irritated easily i would say maybe it's just my parents (laughs) no i think whenever notifications come Mm. up my mom has to look at it. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. like, oh, there's a sound. And she comes rushing out. Like, oh, what is it? What is it? I'm like, don't worry. There's no rush. Yeah. That sounds like my dad. My mom's the opposite. She's like, whatever. Oh, that's why her phone's so messy. Yeah. <laughs> she got like a billion. Like, that's why she got all these things. Whereas my dad's phone's a lot cleaner. He'll, if he hears something, he'll go and look at what it is and address it and then get rid of it. My yeah. mom's just like, I'm busy. I'm doing other things. <laughs> Do your parents care if friends come over? I think my parents actually care quite a bit. Such that I feel I feel quite bad inviting friends over. So in the past when I have invited friends over, my parents make so much effort to get out of the way. So for example, if I'm living the, using the living room, they'll just move to like a completely different part of the, like the house, right? And I'm like, who cares? Like you guys can walk around, like do whatever you want. It's your house, like whatever. But they're like, no, 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 we, we, you know, we want you guys to have fun. And, you know, we are old people. You don't want us around. And that's why they get out of the way. So now I'm like, yeah, okay, so guys can't have you over. <laughs> yeah, and same as well. Like, my mum also, they go, oh, do your friends need food? Like, it's going to be lunchtime. Like, what oh. should I cook, right? 
It's like, oh, you don't need to trouble yourself. Like, we can take care of ourselves. Just do, they, do whatever. Do they still do that? Like, I think my parents used to do that during high school. But I think after uni, they kind of expect you have money and you'll take care of everything yourself. So they don't really, like, ask. Uh, okay, maybe they would ask if we came home just before dinner. But I think these days, everyone kind of eats out and then comes back home. Yeah. No, my mom definitely still cares. Like, huh? even for podcasts, right? So for the audience... Dom, Andrew, they come over to my place to host a podcast. And when we just started the podcast, my mom, every single week, my mom will be like, oh, do I need to prepare food for them? I'm like, I'll make this, I'll make that. I'm like, don't worry, man. It's, it's going to be like a weekly, fortnightly thing. Like, I love it. Don't worry, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't need to put that much effort. They can take care of themselves. They're big boys. Just like me. She's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, after the whole season, she, she understands now. Yeah. Mm. I, I think it's very similar for my parents as well. They actually try to go out like shopping and that sort of thing if I invite friends over for the day. So yeah, I, because the house isn't that big, I think for them, they'd rather, they'd rather go outside and do something else because they, if they just stayed at home, they would only be able to stay inside their rooms and they, there's not much to do inside their rooms anyway. Exactly. But yeah, like that's why I also try not to invite too many people over unless like my parents are on holidays. I remember inviting you all to my place when my parents were on holidays and it was mm. just me in the house. And even then, like inviting everyone, the, the house felt a little bit cramped uh, just yeah. in general. So yeah, like I, I guess it's just an inherent tendency for parents to not embarrass their kids. I think I feel like they're, they're scared that they'll embarrass their kids maybe. Yeah, yeah, they don't think they're cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, it does make things awkward sometimes, right? No, doesn't it? It's Whoa. okay. You don't know what to say to the parent. The parent doesn't can't really communicate well. Oh, oh, not really. Like, so I like I don't host like when my friends come over, but we always have a go to house, like one of my friends' house. And, like, basically, we've been there for, like, years now. So then, like, whenever we see the grandma, we'll be like, hi, hi. We're just, like, bowing. And then, like, uh. yeah. So, so they know us. And they have nicknames for us. Like, for me, I'm the girl that smiles and her eyes disappear. Like, but they know. <laughs> or they know my... Or they... Or, like, they'll know me because of my mom. She works at a clothing shop. Mm -hmm. So then they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's the girl and then who looks like her mom who works at the shop. And then whenever they go to my mom's shop, they'll be like, oh, I know your daughter. Yeah, and then my mom um... give them a discount. So I feel like um for my um high school friends, like, we're all comfortable. We're used to it. And, yeah, we're always, like, being friendly with everyone, the whole extended family. It's pretty wholesome. Yeah, that, should, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do you guys think when you guys come over and talk to my mom then? So this is funny because mostly everyone speaks Canto to Cantonese to your mom. Mm. My Cantonese is quite broken, so I usually just say hi and that's it. But then you you said to me the other day, like my like my mom understands Cantonese and Mandarin, but she respond only in Cantonese. So after that, I tried just talking to her in Mandarin, but she responds in Cantonese. It's still too weird, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I don't feel comfortable still. I, I'm just naturally inclined to hear Cantonese and think. How must I respond to this now in Cantonese? But other than that, I think it's pretty okay. We've been I've been coming over quite a bit. It's not too weird. I think. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I reckon it's yeah normal. Like I would say, yeah, just talk talk to the parents. Um, in general, there's nothing different about it. Okay. I, I, I want to make a big deal out of it. Is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about? the Asian auntie and uncle on holidays. What comes to mind when you 
when you hear about a say a tour group or an Asian auntie and uncle group going for a holiday. Cameras in hand. Cameras in hand. <laughs> yeah. Selfie sticks. Always take photos. Everywhere. Like you see a lot of you see a lot of memes on on South Asian traits. It's just taking pictures of what grass or something that's like just natural or normal in that environment, and it's so new and interesting to them. No, but they pose with it. And not gonna lie, they have really creative poses. <laughs> like what? Like you know, like I think five of them get together oh, and they yeah. link link arms in such a way that it creates the big start. Yeah. <laughs> This this just reminds me like I remember so when we're on holidays like we always like to take a lot of photos and then my dad actually does take a lot of photos uh, and when he does help us take photos especially with the selfie camera the the problem is that he's not very good at taking photos so every time he uses the selfie camera he would always have a part of his thumb inside oh. every photo <laughs> so every time you take a selfie you would always see a part of the thumb covering like half our faces so from that point onwards we just either used the selfie stick or it was either me or my sister that took a photo in general oh. is it just asian dads because i know whenever there's a photo and my dad's in it he's always like his mouth is open, his eyes are closed. Like he just, he just can't, and he can't smile normally. And you know, every now and then we do get a good, naturally smiling photo of my dad. I'm like, great success, <laughs> one out of a thousand, we did it. Oh my god, that's like my grandpa. He, he would never smile in photos. Like we try to trick him into smiling, and we tell a joke, and he laughs, and then we click, click, and then boom, he's. Face just changes instantly to a very serious face. Like, damn it. Stern man. Yeah, very stern. <laughs> Always serious in photos. I hope we don't turn into that when we get older. Dude, what I'm so to... going to. Just, to, just to troll everyone. <laughs> so apart from all these traits, do you think there's actually some sort of commonality for the activities that they do? I think or... one easy one, right, is whenever you visit any one's house where there is a older um, male or female Asian mm-hmm. got to call them auntie and uncle right especially if they have kids auntie uncle mm. yep. but funnily enough I have a cousin who is in uni roughly my oh no sorry not roughly my age I, I keep thinking that you know we're still in our young 20s <laughs> <laughs> um, so I called his mum auntie and uh, I think she got quite offended she was like no you can't call me that I call me sister I'm like but your son, similar. Oh, okay, okay, sister. <laughs> that was pretty weird, but usually just call auntie, uncle. Oh, you're right. Now that we're older, who do we call older sister and who do we call aunties now? It's a blur. I yeah. don't know. In my mind, anyone who has kids exactly would be an auntie. But then there are people our age who have kids. So <laughs> yeah, does that? What, yeah, you're right. It does become a lot tougher. So, so whenever our friends, if our friends have kids, we just call them aunties and uncles from this point <laughs> yeah. onwards. Oh, okay. Perfect. That's easy. Um, can't wait. Let's see what happens. I'll happily call our friend auntie and uncle. <laughs> uncle Wei. Oh. <laughs> um, call them out. You're, um. Now you're old. Exactly. So Asians are very family-centric. So I, I think another activity that I'm sure everyone has experienced is like, when our parents take us to see relatives that we don't know. Do you remember any experiences like that? So I remember back around, I think, year six, finishing 
um, primary school, went to Malaysia for like a ex- quite an extended trip, like two, three months or something. So we also celebrated uh, Chinese New Year there. And because I was there for so long, I got to meet so many relatives. Um, so I think I during that time, I visited like five to 10 homes a day during that Chinese New Year period. And it was just a s- repetitive cycle. Hello, eat, drink, get my red packet. They say you've grown up like, like since I've last seen you. I'm like, all right, cool. Now onto the next house. And that just happened like for a couple of days. It was just, hello, auntie, hello, uncle. And just, oh, it was crazy. But red packet money, yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And it's good that we have so many relatives. <laughs> you get red packet from all of them. I don't even know how half of them are anymore. I know, right? You get introduced and you forget. It's like, do you remember me? You, we met as a kid when you were, when you were a kid, a young kid. And like, no, who are you? I, I just remember for one of mine is it gets even more complicated when it's your dad's stepsister and the stepsister's family. Like, I remember just meeting that family and I'm just, to my sister, I'm like, are we related? Like, <laughs> how, how are we related? Um, it was just really awkward and confusing at that point. Just like meeting extended families that you're somehow related, but very loosely related. So you don't even know how to... You, how like, to address? How to address them, yeah. Because in Chinese, there's different ways of addressing, like, for example, on the mother's side and on the father's side. You call them a bit differently. But it was to the point where you actually just don't know what to say. You're just like, oh, you just end up saying, oh, hi, auntie, hi, uncle. <laughs> like, just the default. Default answer is the safest one <laughs> at that point. Default yeah. so much easier. <laughs> um, so I would always rely on my parents. Like, before we before we even see them, I'm like, so who do I call? Whose side? <laughs> Who's who? And then, like, I will mumble as well. And then my parents are like, no, say it louder. And then they could he- they could hear it. And they're like, okay, no, it's too much. I'll, I'll just bow down to look extra respectful, and that should pay it off. True. Yeah, bowing always works. The most respectful way. And they always ask you like weird questions, right? Not 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 weird. May- maybe to some people it feels too personal, mm-hmm. like asking about, oh, you got a girlfriend? You got a boyfriend? Etc. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like they always ask, like, "Oh, have you? Yeah, have, are, are you going to get married soon? Oh, you yeah. Know, when are you going to settle down? Yeah. Um, like as kids, they used to always ask you about your grades, right? How are you yes. doing at school? Are you doing well? Are you studying hard? And then, like, once you're older, it's more about, oh, when, when are you getting married? <laughs> when are you having kids? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty standard. Ask about job. Ask about marriage and then maybe if you're lucky they'll ask you about your hobbies things that you actually care about <laughs> so i actually found find this pretty fun now like so before i think when they asked me this i feel like maybe oh it's too personal what why is it your business to ask all these questions right but now that i got older i feel like just trolling them back not really oh. trolling just talking talking back at them asking the same questions to them right oh. So, for example, my uncle asked me, hey, you got a girlfriend now? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have a girlfriend, but you seem like a playboy when you were a kid. Like, <laughs> can you tell me about your experiences? And yeah, then, teach me. <laughs> yeah, you should teach me how to get, how to get girls. And then, and then, I guess, some aunties would come in and like, look at his face, man. Like, you reckon he's a playboy? <laughs> it becomes banter. It becomes really fun for everyone. Mm. So, That's a good way to approach yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think really about you. They just try to make conversation mm. and then you can just say whatever. 
usually I deflect it to either my sister or my other cousins. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So whenever they ask me, oh, do you have a girlfriend or... Oh, when are you getting married? I'll be like, oh yeah, this cousin hasn't gotten married yet. Like, I think he has a girlfriend. You know, you ask, ask him, about, him. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> it gets diverted over there. That's smart. <laughs> Too bad I don't have any cousins that visit with me. It's just me. I don't oh. have any siblings either, so it's like oh. can't deflect anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, use my method then. You ask them something. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna do that from now on. It's yeah, it's idea. really funny. And even I think when they call me, oh, you gotten fatter and stuff, right? I go, yeah, I did. Uh, I've been bulking up gymming. Like, I want to get big, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that confidence. Like, I think, um, could, I don't know, maybe I'm just a girl or I don't know, maybe I was just a bit chubbier when I was younger. Like, I always get backhanded compliments from, like, my mom's friends or, like, aunties, uncles. And then whenever, when I lost weight in year six, like, I think it's just me going through, like, when you go through puberty, mm. like, you just change. And then they'll be like, oh, you look better like skinnier i'm just like but i'm only in year six why do i need to care about like you know what my, what's my weight and what's the looks yeah so i feel like that partly played to the reason why i had like self-esteem issues as well mm-hmm. like just like aunties just picking bits and pieces out of you like just you know why are you like this why are you like this and then plus like my parents on top so that uh, teared me a little inside. Ouch. I, I think it's just the auntie's way of caring. Like, if you think about it from both ways, when they call you fat, right, they're, they're, they're probably more more trying to say, oh, maybe you should exercise a bit more. You'd be healthier that way. Or or right. from another sense, like, if you're too skinny, they're, they're trying to say, oh, eat more. You know, like, you, you'll be healthier that way. Like, they're, they're at the, the intention is to t- give you advice on how to get healthy, but the execution was just horrible, right? So... If you think of it from that standpoint, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think from like growing up from Western side, you can take it the wrong way mm. because Asian language is very blunt. And then I guess if you translate it to English, it's like, whoa, mm. hold, hold up. It's that um, why versus how question again, like the mm. way that you perceive or the way you ask it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it's interesting that you're saying that Asian language is very blunt because I feel like in the workplace, Asians are usually a lot more quiet and less blunt in their overall feedback when you think about it. Right. Yeah. We're not as direct landish and Mm. we're kind of more reserved. Mm. So, so I would say like we're blunt to our close relatives and friends, but to external, we're actually very respectful, you know, a lot more, a lot more quiet and reserved. You could say. Is it to do with, a hierarchy, isn't it? No. Yeah. yeah. If you're higher up in the hierarchy in the Asian yeah. kind of sense, then you can be more blunt. Yeah, it might be. It might be the hierarchy sort of thing. Yeah. Who knows? When, when we're managers and stuff, maybe we're we're super blunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You feel like you have more power, so you can mm-hmm. just be direct about it. Which brings me to another point about jobs and degrees. Did you? Did any of your relatives or Asian parents ever talk about those sorts of things? Like finding a job or a degree? Yeah, so I recall it's either the day after I got my ATAR. So um, just a bit of context in Australia, you sit um, at the end of the year 12 HSC. I think American um, standard will be SATs. So then you get um, a ranking really, how well you did across the whole state. And so that's called an ATAR. I remember, I think, yeah, after I got the day after I got my ATAR or the cutoff where you have to put your university preferences, my dad went inside my room in the morning and was like, Linda, think about pharmacy. And I was just like, 
So, like, I already looked into it. Like, I, like, looked at his argument and I was saying, like, look, back then, like, probably about five to ten years ago before I did my HSC, it was popping. Like, pharmacy was popping off. It was, like, the same, like, requirement as, like, a law degree or medicine wow. as well back then. But now, and then, like, because the, the, the ranking or oh, the the standard of how to get into degree is, like, based on popularity, really. So if more people, um, you know, pick it and the smarter people, quote-unquote smarter people of the higher rankings pick it, it just, like, um, inflates it. So my dad was like, pharmacy, do pharmacy, because he's given up on the dream of me becoming a dentist or a doctor. <laughs> and I think the concept of getting into a medical field is the idea of opening up your own business. So like if I became a GP, I can open my own clinic and I, I'm the own, I'm my own boss. Like, no, I don't have to work for someone. So that was one concept my dad tried to drill into me, be like, be your own boss. You don't have to report up to anyone. You own everything. And then I can hire them both, <laughs> my parents. <laughs> wow. That's what that, that that was their plan and their dream. And I had to tell my dad, like, no, like I'm paying for this degree at the end of the day. So I'm gonna pick up what I want. But in the end, I did like a double degree. Oh, I picked a double degree, like science and commerce. Science was just to partly please my parents and to give them the hope that I might, you know, go to the medical medical route. But I didn't. I dropped it in the end. Wow. It's like it's a very long plan, like a twenty-year plan, so they they can get a job. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> under me. Yeah, like what were they thinking? Like you can open up your own practice, and then they can just sit there and do admin stuff. Yeah, and just basically. Like chit -chat with the, chit chat with the sick people, like oh, you know, um, you know, I understand you're sick. My daughter owns this place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much bragging. Exactly. Bragging. They're like all these opportunities to like just have a chat with them, and at the end. It's my daughter's clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You see that um that plaque over there? That's my daughter. Oh my god. The people are just like, what are you doing here? I'm sick. Yeah. They have to carry a lot of mics so they can drop it at the end of every convo. It's interesting you said that your parents wanted you to do pharmacy because like personally I wanted to do engineering, but my dad kind of wanted me to look into law. So he was just like, Oh, you want to start your own business? Uh if you start your own business, you need you kind of need to have your own patents. And that's where law comes in. So you should have both engineering and law. I didn't pick that, obviously. I just went to engineering and commerce. Even then, like, just look... Because I had some friends at uni that did engineering and law. And I was so glad I didn't choose that. Because engineering just by itself, like, took up so much of my time. If I had law... I would have been super, super stressed, like in all honesty, because engineering was already stressful enough. And I remember doing business law in uni and that was enough for me. I did not like law at all. It's just not my thing. It's way too intense. Law is all about memorizing. There's no formula. And it, it, it kind of counters how we usually think because in engineering, there's either a right or a wrong. Yeah. When you think about it, like when you calculate stuff, it's either it works or it doesn't. But yep. in law... It's always a kind of gray area. It's how you how you argue against yeah. it and your interpretation for whatever has happened. So it, it, it feels very conflicting for me like internally. So yeah, definitely law isn't for me. I felt that when I did uh, psychology. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They did the course with Dom for our gen general yeah. education. Mm -hmm. And you're right. There's no right answer. And there's no formula to tell you whether you're going the correct direction or not. So when doing tests, 
I thought I did well, but I did it. Like, it was, it was a super low score, like 50%. <laughs> it's like, man, this is shit, man. I, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly or not. There was no way to figure it out as well. It's just like, okay, I'm wrong. I don't know why. Exactly, exactly. Horrible. I think for me, my parents never went to uni and they didn't have a degree. So uh, when I picked engineering, because I felt, oh, there's both practical as well as um, theory-based stuff to it, like meaning you, you do things on the computer and you can also implement them in real life. I was like, okay, this is good enough. And I think it did make my parents happy that I did pick one of the uh, standard four degrees that they tell Asian kids to go into. But they never really told me what to do or told me what not to do either. So since my parents didn't have a degree, they never really shared words of wisdom in terms of um, me going for my uni degree. But have your parents ever shared words of wisdom with you guys in other areas? Yeah, so my dad, as I mentioned in the last episode, um, he came to Australia because of the war or like the civil conflict that was happening back in his country. So he would like tell me all the time, especially when I didn't want to eat this particular food or like I don't really have a preference. I don't really like fish or fried fish or fried fish specifically. Um, and then my parents, especially my dad, because he has the bragging points really because he came from a war-torn country, had limited resources. And like he would always tell me, you know, like all these kids, like, you know, back when it was in the wartime, we barely had any rice. Like we had one can of rice the rest was water and then we had to feed 70 people with that and then we'll be hungry for like the next week so then my dad it was it was a lesson to tell me that eat your food don't waste it because you know you're very lucky we came here so you could you know have all these opportunities so my dad will always reference um his time back as a refugee before he came to australia oh yeah and all those stories they say is like oh you're lucky you just have to only wake up at 8.30, right? Back in my day, yeah. I had to walk <laughs> 10 kilometers uphill to school and then 10 kilometers uphill back home. It's not even walking uphill. It's like I had to cross the river. I had to fight the alligators. <laughs> I had to, um, you know, uh, find, find the next president. <laughs> it's like such an elaborate story. WeChat superstitions, right? They're always... They're always sending, I don't know, those news articles to each other about, I mean, especially COVID, during, during these days of COVID, right? I, I remember one auntie just sending sending us this article. Who knows who wrote it, right? It's just saying, oh, this article is written by a legit doctor oh, of yep. like 40 plus years experience. And he knows how to exactly combat COVID. All you have to do is drink what? Lemon ginger tea. Oh my god! Make sure it's hot, and because it's hot, it will stop the germs from growing, and that's how you cure oh, is that COVID. What the article was. Yeah, I know. Like when COVID was a bit more prevalent in Australia, my mum was making me like similar to this, like the ginger tea. But she was mostly thinking like, oh, just keep boosting your immunity, your immune system, and that'll hopefully be good enough to fight off COVID if you ever get it. I think that was more the idea that my my parents came around with. Mm. But other than that, what about like exercises? Do your parents ever like make you do certain movements, certain stretches? I'm sure you would have seen at the park or even in random shopping malls, a whole bunch of Asians, uh, aunties and uncles, and they're doing 
kind of knee bends, knee swivels, moving the arms up and down. Claps, you got to walk and clap behind your back. Oh, yep. yeah, swing your arms around. And yep. this is all like techniques to, you know, mm-hmm. improve your immunity. Yeah, that, that reminds me, like my mom, like when she reads the paper, there's always a health section within the newspapers that teaches you like new health habits you should have to prevent different sorts of diseases or different sorts of illnesses. And after she reads those, she kind of scares herself firstly. And then afterwards, what she'll do is she'll end up cooking the food that that article says will prevent that particular disease. Or she'll start randomly doing some breathing exercises <laughs> just, just to like, you know, make her, make, sure, make sure she's healthy um, for uh, against that particular illness and, you know, that, those sorts of things. And it comes to a point where sometimes I just need to tell my mom, I'm like, Look, like, I understand those articles are informative, but I want you to, you know, validate it once more. At least, like, go online, have a read a bit more in depth about what it entails because you're basing it off one source of truth. And I just want her to evaluate it a bit more because especially when she, like, for example, like, clicks on ad- advertisements about health, like, those can le- be very misleading, right? So, yeah, that, 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 that's what you reminded me of just then. So what happens after like she can't keep that like those habits forever right yeah yeah so 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 it's a habit of changing habits based off the health article that comes out weekly oh so So, every week she has something different something new that she there's something new that she tries to you know um teach us and it's just like oh okay we understand yep okay we'll just try 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 to you know sleep earlier you know sleep. Sleep. that's <laughs> right sleep earlier you gotta have a set schedule of sleeping and waking up which is more healthy that one's always been around i feel sleep. yeah sleep. But it is it is important <laughs> fair enough it's just like i think there are some articles that are more to the extreme it's like oh don't eat white rabbit candy it can cause whatever whatever right and then you you read into it it's like oh you have to three you have to eat three packets of white rabbit candy <laughs> to get cancer or some, something like that it's just so wild they yeah. try to blow it up well my mom she read in, about instant noodles so i remember at that point i don't know what she read but it was so impactful that she threw out all our existing instant noodles at that time. And they were premium stuff. They were like from Costco and they had oh like my. the Australian beef, but in those like... Oh, um, I know what one. Yeah. She chucked those. We those had like expensive. five left. Yes, she chucked them all. And I was like internally crying. So right now, like I smuggle in instant noodles <laughs> <laughs> into the house so that she doesn't know. Then, but during COVID, we did buy two boxes of noodles and we mm. had to go through that. But yeah, instant noodle, noodles and the tapioca um, oh, balls. Um, yeah, yeah the, the people thought that they had plastic in it that was going around like either during COVID or just before it. So my mom was like, no milk tea. And then I see her drinking milk tea like two months later. And I was like, excuse me. Oh, okay. That's contradictory. <laughs> I, I guess they forget about it amongst the thousands of articles they read. It's like, oh yeah, um, it's quite tasty. Gonna have some. <laughs> Another thing that I realized is that as parents get older, you you become a help desk for anything that is related at home. Yes, you, they they ask you about everything. Like I remember, I was they they always firstly they always ask me about tech support, even though like for example, my dad might have been the one that set up everything in the first place. Like he has the most knowledge behind it, but he's just like, oh, you're an engineer, go fix it. And I'll be yeah. like, what? Like, is it an IT support? Like, what? What? Why an engineer? What does that have to do with it? So yeah. Fair enough. 
like I agree at some point I don't know when it would have happened for you guys but at some point you became the most wise with say at least technology or whatever topic it may be but at some point you became the go-to person and I think for me that was probably some point in like early high school I think that's when I became the go-to tech guy um so that would be for like computer help for phone help but thankfully I didn't take on the internet until much later in high school so like modems and phones and stuff I was like that that's your department you take care of that which was quite nice oh I'm surprised your dad knew about it maybe not know but it just maintain it so that we have internet oh okay yeah it was just like more maybe that the because there's a bit of administrative work that comes in with like bills or um you know changing plans and stuff and he would take care of that yeah it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like they don't know stuff so they make you do it regardless of whether you know or not and then you kind of have to problem solve your way through it and then you get better at it and then that kind of proves to them you actually know how to do it and they give you more tasks (laughs) yep for me, I would be the appointee to always call about anything that's related that comes through the mail. So what I do, what I used to do is that I would just translate over the phone. So my mum would be like, hi, call in. And then I would like sit over and then just translate in between. <laughs> that's a good point. Because I remember that happened to me recently. Actually, no, it was, I think my dad was calling on behalf of my mum to change some sort of documentation. And in the moment they realised, oh, it's not the mum. Like that they're trying to change. I mean, it's not the dad that's trying to change the, the documentation for. They're like, okay, your wife has to speak on the phone now, sir. And then I was like, I don't know what's going on. I can't understand or speak this. Just do it. But like, it became really awkward. But I think fortunately we had a good uh, customer service person because they just they just let it slide. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, as long as she's sitting there and I have heard her voice, it's fine. We'll just do it then. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I do these things, I'll do go through the official process of signing myself up as the thing because as as, as, not as yourself but as like on behalf of someone else yeah on the behalf of some someone else <laughs> because i'm scared of the future when I, I mean eventually it will happen right when they would do they will start doing voice recognition and so what if yeah, now you're stuck as your mum forever, right? No, no, no. <laughs> so for banking apps, like they require voice recognition. You have to say something in order to execute like um, a transfer of money. Yeah. But then when it came to that, I'm like, I'm looking at my mum. I can't say this English word. This You have to say a sentence. So I'm like, mum, you have to say it. So then I just, my mum and I, we have to practice for five minutes, like how to like say the sentence. And we keep laughing and my dad gets frustrated <laughs> as well. It's like, it's just five words why are you laughing and then we're just giggling because my mom like like i love my mom but sometimes wow she's like she pronounces things that's funny and then she knows that she's pronouncing it incorrectly but then we just still have like we just still laugh about it so yeah it took us like almost 10 minutes just for her to record oh, um, just this like five words just so then um the next time that um she has to process a payment she needs to speak it that, that's not very inclusive, I reckon. I, I realized it's very tailored towards just like English speaking Australians, you put it that way. Mm. All right. Um, which brings on to another point, right? Like, do you think your parents are assimilating into the general Australian culture? Or do you feel like the Australian culture is even accommodating, right, to people of foreign descent? I know my mom, she doesn't try to assimilate into the culture. And 
I guess it's easy for her to do that because we live in a suburb where it's basically just Chinatown. Like Asian, <laughs> Asians all over the place. You don't need to speak any English at all to navigate our suburb. And yeah, we have Asian supermarkets. Got everything we need in this suburb. It's so There's handy. No need. There's no there need is no to... need for her. And yeah, like if she needs to do anything outside our suburb, it, it's very hard for her. But yeah, she just doesn't try to. They'll probably like she'll probably rely on you if if um you guys go out to a different suburb or well, then she'll be like okay it's um everything's in your in in your ballpark now I'm out <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so I I'm the same so in same regards to that when my parents migrated they migrated to an area that was um close to their home country so I I see that I ha- similar to my parents yeah they like used to it, familiar with like the culture, the restaurants and everything. But in regards to like the English language and um, whether to, you know, retain like my, like the mother tongue language, my parents were essentially like just assimilate, just learn the English language. Um, So one time my dad thought, had the grand idea for me to take up. So my background is Chinese Cambodian and my dad had the grand idea for me to take Cambodian as a language in year 10. Oh. So I learned Cambodian Chinese like passively through my parents in my household, but my dad heard upon the grapevine that taking a language for HSC was a very good idea and they will boost your ATAR, <laughs> your rank. So my dad was like, okay, Linda, just start, start learning Cambodian and then maybe like, you know, I can have a really good mark. So I went for like six months and then I think my dad realized that I couldn't pick it up. Like it was going to be really difficult for me to sit down in an exam later on and like, you know, do all these tests and and examinations for it. So he wrote a letter and I don't know what he wrote in a letter to, to give to like the principal of that school. And then, yeah, I just stopped going to school. So my dad was like, yeah, just go, just assimilate English. Our language is going to die out anyways. And oh. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> That's interesting because now that I guess you don't have that Cambodian background as much, I'm guessing, you know, in, in, in the future down, down the grapevine, it's going to be pure English. Yeah. So it's funny because like if you're looking at my mom's side, my grandpa, he was a Chinese um, teacher and principal in a Chinese school in Cambodia. Oh. So he knows Mandarin, Cantonese, Dijil. Oh. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yep. And Cambodian. And Cambodian, yeah. <laughs> got that. I was like, I'm missing something. something. Yeah, so he knows that. And then you go down to my mom and she kind of oh. understands Cantonese, but she spoke Dijil with my grandma. And then when you go down to me, I used to be fluent in Dijil actually. Like that was my first language. If you ask me now, I have no idea what's going on. Like, like there's like a particular pharmac- pharmacy in uh, my area where all the ladies knew that I spoke Dijil fluently. And then they still talk to me in Dijil <laughs> and say, like, whenever I'm buying medicine for my grandma or for my parents, they'll tell me the price in Dijil. And then I'm just like there smiling and giving, handing $50 and hoping for the best that it covers the, um, the costs. And yeah, it's just, it's just funny to see like the generation, like the, this, like what you skip in terms in regards to language. Yep. I definitely feel the same way. Like with the parents, you have fairly good, you know, Chinese, Cantonese, Mandarin. With me, it's like, ah, uh, you could probably try and get by. I'm, I, 
I don't think my kids would do any better. <laughs> I feel like they're just going to be English. Although I will try, but I don't have high hopes at all. I think for my parents, like, they had the foresight to see that I would naturally assimilate as a kid going to English, going to, a, like, a normal Australian school. Like, you'd speak English every day, so I'd automatically assimilate. So they actually tried to make sure that I kept to the Chinese roots by making me go to Chinese school every Sunday. And that was their way of making sure that I assimilated to Australian culture by just normal daily school, but also keeping that Chinese heritage and culture intact by going on Sundays to, uh, you know, Chinese school there. And also my parents themselves definitely did assimilate because both of them went to university here. I think oh. by going to university and just schooling here allows you to pick up the social cues uh, within Australia. So, yeah, so I would say that they definitely did assimilate into Australian culture. So even though they are useless in some areas, they do offer many words of wisdom from your experience. Uh, you guys got any value, valuable advice that you want to rem- that you want to share? I think for me, it's more that you should always support each other as a family. Like you always, you should always, you know, create your own family and definitely support each other. Like I know. I've heard of stories where families just end up breaking apart because, you know, of, you know, monetary sort of concerns or different sorts of very bad relationships within the family. I think one thing my dad definitely told me was like, it doesn't matter what happens in life. uh, You always got a home, right? And the difference between a home and a house is that home is where the family's at. And I think that's something that I still keep towards this very day. Like I'm, I would say I'm very family oriented. Um, Yeah. That's just how I am in general. Are you sure that's what your dad said? Or did he just take that from Lilo and Stitch? I swear. Oh, yeah. It's like, I swear that's like a quote from it. It just sounded it's so... It's Ohana I mean. Yeah, Ohana, Ohana means home. home. <laughs> yeah, was like, the dad's like, hmm, let's take this and appropriate it slightly. <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie, but... Yeah, I think it's really good to be, you know, to carry on that family-orientated part. Um I feel like this episode, we've roasted our parents quite a bit, but just if we take a step back as well, if you think about it, we literally didn't know anything growing up and it's only because of our parents' sacrifices and experiences that we've come to where we are now, all being like white collar workers and quite comfortable in our current situation. So I guess the next time, even with us or with our listeners, if you get asked, how do I share this WeChat video? How do I turn my internet back on? How do I send, how do I take this picture? Just think about who taught you to eat with a spoon and who taught you how to wipe your mouth. I think that's a quite a powerful, interesting um, statement. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast or if you want to hear more from us, if you want to hear more about this topic, feel free to message us. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast streaming platform with new episodes coming out every week and give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye. 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 Cue in music. <laughs> <laughs>